Hey everybody, I'm Caitlin and this is Nick. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Breath today. If you're wondering what Morning Breath is, it's a daily devotional where one of our pastors and a co-host will read a chapter of the Bible the night before and then the day of, they will read it on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or on the radio. If you're wanting to know more about Morning Breath or just East Coast in general, you can find links down below that'll take you to the App Store or the Google Play Store to download our app or to our website. Yeah, and speaking of wanting to know more about what's going on here at East Coast, we actually have our night of worship coming up this Wednesday, June 9th, starting at 6.30 p.m. We'll have food trucks starting at 5.30, so make sure you bring yourself and your family along to have dinner before worship, and we hope to see you there. Please enjoy today's show. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Morning Breath. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica, Pastors of the East Coast, and we're just so glad that you're here. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 5. Let's go. Yes, I love being in the Old Testament. It's amazing. Um, so we always start our morning breath with a question. We've been doing this for a couple months now, and you guys like it, so we're going to keep doing it. And Cindy Smith gave us our question for today, and what I love is that I always know the question and Matt never does, so that's my favorite <laughs> part. Um, so today, you'll never guess what it is. Oh, no. What's your favorite tree? <laughs> favorite tree? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I know mine. My favorite tree is a weeping willow. And I think they're so pretty and they like flow in the breeze and they're graceful. And we moved into a house that had a weeping willow. We'd never had one before. And really I'd only ever seen them up North. I'm from Michigan originally. And, um, so we had the only tree in our backyard as a weeping willow and it's right by a lake and it's really pretty, but winter came and it completely died. And I didn't know that they did that. And so literally, we go out there and you put fertilizer on it. I lay hands on it. I'm praying it back to life. And it comes back to life in in the the spring. spring. (laughs) (laughs) And then I find out that that's what they do. And so... All that worry for nothing. Yes. But I felt like I prayed it back to life and I didn't. It's just, um, that's how it it goes. Oh man, favorite tree. Um, I actually thought of that that weeping willow in our backyard. Yeah. Literally first thing I thought of when you said that. So definitely agree with that. Um, I did get a little nostalgic here. My my grandparents had this big old tree and I, and I, the problem is I don't know the names of them. So I'll Just describe guess. it. Yeah. It was one of those really big trees that have like where the root and the, and the, uh, trunk, trunk kind of begin to break out like that and get really big and they're super thick. In fact, at a, at a maybe Cypress Gardens, there's the biggest one in the yeah. world or whatever. Banyan? Banyan tree. Banyan, banyan tree. tree. Big banyan tree or a really big. I just think for me, it's like the big oak trees, the big banyan trees. And, you know, don't you love walk or driving down or running down River Road or Rockledge Drive and seeing the big monster oak trees? Yeah. You know, the shade. I love that. And the noise they make in the breeze, you know, yeah. like the, the fluttering. I love a great palm tree, like um, the name of them. Again, <laughs> I think it's called a royal palm. Yes, it is. It's a royal palm. I like a good royal palm. They are expensive, though. Are those grand the big, big ones that are like at resorts, like that are really tall yeah. and regal-looking royal? Yeah, I think looking. I'm actually looking out at maybe one out there um, in the middle of Courtney. Yeah. There's a like a median there. Maybe. But the, way bigger than that, though. That's just a tiny one. Yeah. Cool. Or a Christmas tree. I mean, I might just go with the Christmas tree. I love a good Christmas tree. It's true. 
Trees are awesome. All right. Thanks, Cindy. What a great question. Yeah, I love it. Very surprising. Favorite tree. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Maybe come come back with it. All right. So we're in 1 Samuel chapter 5, and it's only 12 verses, so I will read them all, and you're welcome. (laughs) Then the Philistines took the Ark of God, and they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. They took the Ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon. I don't know if it's Dagon or Dagon, but I'm calling it Dagon. It's like dragon without an R, so we'll call it Dagon. 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 And set it beside the image of Dagon, their chief idol. When the people of Ashdod got up early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and returned him to his place. But when they got up early the next morning, behold, Dagon had again fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord and his head and both palms of his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk portion of the idol of Dagon was left on him. This is the reason neither the priests of Dagon nor any who entered Dagon I want to call Dagon. Dagon's house step on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. (laughs) That is like the hillbilly version of Dagon. Then the hand of the Lord was heavy on the people of Ashdod, and he caused them to be dumbfounded and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. When the men of Ashdod saw what had happened, they said, the ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is heavy on us and on Dagon, our God. So they sent word and gathered all the lords, governors of the Philistines to them and said, what shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, let the ark of the God of Israel be brought around to Gath. So they took the ark of the God of Israel there. But it happened that after they had taken it to Gath, the hand of the Lord was against the city, causing an extremely great panic because of the deaths from the plague. For he struck the people of the city, both young and old, and tumors broke out on them. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. And as the ark of God came to Ekron, the Ekronites cried out, they have brought the ark of God of Israel from Gath to us to kill us and our people. So they sent word and gathered all the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the ark of the God of Israel. Let it be returned to its own place so that it will not kill us and our people. For there was a deadly panic throughout the city. The hand of God was very heavy, severe there. The men who had not died were stricken with tumors and the cry of the city for help went up to heaven. Mm, amen. Amen. Wow. Yeah. So I did a soap on this and I just, do you mind if I share my soap? I don't. My soap? I okay. So soap is the way that I read my Bible daily, and it stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And so you read one chapter of the Bible, as we do with morning breath, and you pick one verse from the one chapter. So the verse that I chose was verse three. So I just write an S in my journal and verse three, and then I write the verse. And the verse was, when the people of Ashdod got up early the next day, behold, Dagon, Dagon, had fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and returned him to his place. And then O stands for observation. So my observations from this scripture are that this piece of wood or whatever it was made out of wasn't allowed to stand in the presence of the one true living God. Like this idol, I'm assuming it was made out of wood or bronze or silver, like some kind of metal. Like it was just, yeah. a, it was just like a de- decoration, you know, like this thing, whatever carved it looked like, stone, carved maybe. out of I whatever. Think, I think like those ancient statues carved yeah. out of rock. Man-made, just this thing standing there. It has no ability to move by itself, whatever, and they're worshiping this thing. So I said that it wasn't allowed to stand in the presence. It, it fell, like the presence of God made it fall. And it represented this robbery of affection and devotion away from the one who should have been the recipient, which is God. It says in the word that even the rocks will cry out to worship God. If no one else will worship God, the rocks, creation, will cry out to worship him. And this Dagon, this Dagon idol, <laughs> literally, was taking, was robbing the affection and the, um, the, 
the worship that should only be going to the one true living yeah. God. And what I wrote in my journal for the observations was nothing and no one should receive my worship except God. The definition of idolatry is anything or anyone that is in that is the object of our ultimate hope. Wherever our ultimate hope is placed, our ultimate affection will be there. Anything that gets taken away from us and ruins our life, like that, that we know is our hope. So if we lose all of our friends, if we lose all of our finances, if we and then we still we have no hope left. That was where our ultimate hope was, versus having our ultimate hope and trust in the Lord. So, as we see, this idol. Dagon had zero power, zero power, whereas in contrast, the kingdom of Christ cannot be shaken. And then my application, which is the A of soap, is hope in Christ alone. Like my ultimate hope has to always be in Jesus, 100%. And then P is for prayer. I just said, Lord, thank you for being solid and stable and unshakable. Help me keep my eyes fixed on you and simply be still as you do what only you can do. So that is one way that you can read your Bible. One way that you can participate in Morning Breath with us is pick one verse from the chapter and then do the soap with it. I love it. Uh, a couple of things that I noticed in that same part was, uh, first, is that they kept Dagon, the dragon. <laughs> Dagon the dragon. He fell over. The loser. Right? So the presence of God shows up, and then what they were all worshiping or a great definition is what you put your hope in. Mm -hmm. uh, back to uh, Pierre du Duplessis, Duplessis came in and uh, preached a few weeks ago at church. Incredible mm -hmm. message. Um, talked about, do we have idols at home? And, uh, and, you know, we're like, well, of course I don't have like a golden Buddha sitting there. Like, in, you know, in like some restaurants you go into, they've got some kind of idol sitting mm -hmm. there. I don't have any of that. Like, pfft, you know, I'm an American Christian. Like, you know, what are you talking about? But he said let's not talk about an idol as something that you would like make out of hand and worship, but something that you put your hope or trust in and uh, it falls on its face. Well, they go, they pick it back up and they put it back in its place. Yep. And so it just made me think about the times where like God is trying to show us and remove something from our life or that we are like, um, we got something we're putting our hope in and it falls down. Are we putting it back up? Mm. Probably. So are we, there's even another thing that I notice people doing. Um, they're putting not just that idol back up, but they're actually replacing it with the bigger idol. Mm. It's like they're ignoring the fact that God knocked down a bunch of stuff in their life. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to replace that with this. And I'll give you some examples, uh, and I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings or offend anybody, but I noticed that when the pandemic came in, you know, 20, 2020 in March, people went from going to church to going to church at home, and the people that really struggled the most were people that were not connected in church. They, they weren't serving. They, weren't, they don't give or tithe. They didn't have a lot of friends. They were just really attending. Mm -hmm. And so they started going to church at home. Well, many of the people that, unless they had health reasons, there's a lot of people that still have, that they're still in a, in a tough spot. Many people came back to church in a building that were connected, that, that gave, that uh, served, that had friendships and connections. They're more likely to come back. And then those that had not made any of those that were going to church at home, 
they didn't come back to church and they stopped even church at home. Mm -hmm. They stopped like connecting with the Lord in community and engaging. And so it's like maybe going to church in a way was kind of like an idol and God knocked it down and said, no, I am real. Like you've got to, like as a Christian, you can't just be Christian by name and association with a church. Christian is a fully involved follower of Jesus. Yeah. And that fully involved follower of Jesus does certain things, like shows that they love the Lord in certain ways. One of those is by serving God. Yeah. One of those is by giving. Like, and we can say giving money. Yes, actually giving money, but giving of time and of energy and of effort and giving place, we'll say, in your life yeah. for a relationship with the Lord. You know, people say, I'm so generous. Um, and some of those people are so generous, but not with the Lord. They're just generous with the stuff they want and want to do. Why not use that spirit of generosity? Which is a gift. Which is a gift. gift. People say, man, I, I work so hard and I've got this gift to, you know, do this or that. And they haven't applied that to the Lord and they haven't put that into you know, following Christ and working hard, serving him, they're working hard in their business. And uh, not to say you can't serve the Lord in your business, but there definitely is a difference between somebody who says, I'm going to serve God in my business and I'm going to make sure my business uh, has an eternal impact. than someone that says, I'm just going to work hard in my business and not giving any consideration to that. And so I want to say, maybe it's time to reflect. Like, did God knock down some things in our life? Mm-hmm. Um, when his when his presence showed up in that dramatic extreme way, and I'm not saying God showed up in the pandemic by by the plague, I'm saying in the middle of the plague, in the yeah. middle of the pandemic, God showed up, showed us some things, and said, "Hey, maybe mm. you're leaning too hard on this." Yeah. I heard Christine Kane talking about this and she goes, "I think in 2020 was a big moment where God sent us all to our rooms for making uh-huh. bad choices. Like He's like everyone." Go to your room and think about, think about it. Think about the way that you're approaching him. Think about the way you're approaching church. Like you're saying, is it is for so many people, and we have fallen into this as well. We're not saying that we're perfect at all, but it was a check the box thing. It was like, I'm going because it's Sunday and it's the right thing to do and I'm coming, but I have no relationships. I have no investment. I'm not, I call this my church, but I don't do anything that actually is representative of being an owner of a place. Um, giving and serving and being part of the connect the the community. And Christine Kane was just like, we all had to go to our rooms. And then when we got to come out, he said, go back to your rooms <laughs> and think about it. Think about the fact that I love you. I want a relationship with you. I am not something that just checks your box, right? It's I, I want to be at the center of everything. And the people who thrived that we saw during the pandemic were the people who were already engaged. But I also saw people who were not engaged make that shift take those steps and become more engaged than ever. I mean, we had people who are just now coming back to church. They haven't been there since March 15th and they're just now coming back in the door, their health or whatever was going on in them. They don't recognize anyone who's there because there's so many new people, right? So there's that, it was both and. Well, I want to just say this, like, could we not maybe examine, I mean, even us right now, what did God speak to us in that season? Yeah. Like, hey, maybe you've been leaning too hard on this. Like, I remember with our family, I thought, I think we might be running our kids into the ground with just pushing them too hard in different things, like putting priorities on the wrong things. Yeah. And now we come out of the pandemic season, you know, and 
did we lean back into those did we things? change anything did we put that God anything spoke else to us about in yeah. place of those things yeah. right yep and so I'll maybe ask you the same thing what did God say to you in that season and are you doing it and do we need to make a check and go we are doing it but maybe we aren't doing it very well yep we you are, know? we're halfway through uh, 2021 this is a great time to reevaluate right like yeah. maybe we've forgotten some I know for sure us I wanted to start a family night family night game night We've done it twice or three times. Yeah. You know, so yeah. anyway, um, you good on, good on that? Yeah. Okay. So verse four, again, where the idol was knocked down again. So they put him back in the place and then he was knocked down again. But this time his head and his arms were cut off. I think God was like, I am not playing people. <laughs> and I wrote down in, in my notes here that God is a jealous God. And I wanted to acknowledge that is a very, um, uh, let's see, provocative statement because I heard Oprah years and years and years ago say that her, a problem that she had with Christianity was that God was, that she heard or she read in her Bible that God was a jealous God and she couldn't reconcile that. Like God's supposed to be love and I can't reconcile a God who's love to also be jealous. But it's not, it's not in the way that the world would say jealousy. It's that he knows, God knows, it is of the utmost importance that we are singularly um, enraptured There's with no him. There's no other place. There's for, no other place you you've for got him. You've got God and you can't add anything to that. Yes. And so it's a, it's actually like, can be thought of the most loving thing ever that God is jealous for us, that he do, he knows what's best for us. And he doesn't want us to get our eyes on these other things for it to be our ultimate hope. It's out of love for us that he's jealous for us. And I think the world wants to twist that. I mean, it makes me mad that Oprah has this huge platform and she perpetuated that lie for other people to even put that in people's minds. And so if you have heard that, if you've heard that God is a jealous God and you've looked at that with disdain or with um, like a negative view, just it's not what it means. He's jealous for you because he loves you. Well, I mean, I'm jealous for you and I think you're jealous for me. Yeah. Like we're married and yep. no one's getting in the middle of that. Yeah. Like... That's pre that's not that complicated. Like I'm jealous for my children. No one else is gonna parent my kids but me. That's what the enemy does, though. He takes things that aren't complicated and makes them complicated. He takes things that are simple and makes them complicated. He takes things that are meant out of love and turns them into something that it's not meant to be. Yeah. Right? I mean, to, to, me to say I'm jealous for you doesn't mean you can't have other friends. That you can't have relationships outside of our marriage in terms of, of uh, like, but nothing that would compete with our marriage. Yeah. Like, you, like I can't have a single relationship, including my work, including anything that competes mm -hmm. with our marriage. Yeah, it's true. Now, I can golf. I can work. I can have friends. Yeah. But at any time those things begin to compete with my marriage, I'm, I'm wrong. Then. Yeah. Like, I'm wrong. Yeah. And there is a holy jealousy with God. Like, there cannot be things in his place. Yep. Yeah. I wrote, again, we should not place our affection on things or people that aren't created to fulfill us. I don't know what old movie it is, but the whole, like, you complete me is a total lie. Like, that's not a Austin thing. Austin Powers. Is it? I thought it was, like, Jerry Maguire. Oh. I think Austin Powers just made fun of Jerry Maguire. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. All I, I can see is that little bald know. guy going, like, you complete me. Like, yep. No, yeah, no matter who said it or what movie it was in, it is not a thing. You complete me. You do not complete me. I don't. Even our marriage can't compete for God's place. No, 
No, he has to be number one because that's what actually aligns us to be able to have this relationship. My dad always said, like, the vertical relationship with the Lord is has to be good and holy and and uh, engaging for the, all the horizontal relationships here on earth to be healthy yeah. and to be whole. Like, out of that love for Jesus is how I'm able to love you, is how I'm able to um, respect you and all the things that you need. So um, I think we've harped on it a bit, but I think trying to meet with God only on a Sunday. And I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are meeting with God right now, listening to this. You're hearing the word, you're engaging off of a Sunday morning um, or Saturday night, whenever you come to church and you have to have more. It can't just be coming to church and getting fed like that. Actually, when you come to church and you are an owner, like this is my church, you're actually coming to serve. Like I don't, come to church. I hear an amazing message from him all the time. That's great. But where I grow and where I get fed by the Lord is in the morning, every morning when I wake up and I read a chapter of the Bible and I do soap, that's where I hear from God. Yes, worshiping together. Yes, coming together and hearing a message together and being in community, but I'm there to serve people. I'm not there to get fed. Well, it's, it's primarily a really interesting thing when you go to church, you're blessing the Lord you know, bless the Lord, oh my soul, but God's blessing you. And so you're bringing something now, you know, to the table when yeah. you come to church, you're bringing worship to the Lord, but you're also, if you really want to break it down, it's, it's three things that matter to the Lord. It's do you love God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind? Do you love your neighbor? Do you love yourself? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so there's three things you're taking care of. And the number one is the Lord. Mm -hmm. The number two is yourself because you love your neighbor as you love yourself. You got to take care of yourself and out of self-care and growing in the Lord and, and being obedient to God and all of these things growing, you can love other people appropriately. If you are not a whole healthy person, it is hard to have a health whole and healthy marriage. Yeah. And so it's hard to love you if I'm not loving myself right now. And so Well, because you're looking to me for something I cannot give you. Yeah. Like I cannot complete you. God has to complete you. Yeah. And then we bring our completeness together to show the world that this is this is a reflection of God. But out of my love for God, I can actually show you love when you're struggling. Yep. And you can show me when I'm struggling. We have something to give right. because we've put God First, and so when I was a teenager, we used to sing this song. It was so silly. It was called Daggone, Daggone, Praise the Lord. Okay. And uh, How perfect. I know. I don't know if it was from this chapter, yeah, but I remember, I remember we'd kind of run across these people with this super thick Southern accent, like super, like super duper thick. Yeah. And it was like, I think they were talking about Dagon. And they were like, Daggone, fail on his face. You know, we just laugh, right? <laughs> so we're just like, daggone, daggone, praise the Lord. And, and I just want to say funny. that, like, maybe there's something that needs to fall and just praise the Lord. Yeah. Like, let that thing fall and let's praise God. Like, what? God, let's not be condemned. Like, man, you've been just running the wrong directions. But no, let that fall and start praising God. That thing will fall. It'll get out of the way. Yes. And let's just say, thank you, Lord, for, for that that breakthrough that's coming for each one of us. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the program. 
uh, what a great and awesome opportunity to study the Word of God with you. I think we have and one we'll, more minute. And I want to say, I thought you started that one I minute changed late. It. You did? I changed it. I'm so sorry. I'm going to say one more thing. Okay, so verse seven, it says, When the men of Ashdod saw what had happened, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is heavy on us and on Dagon, our God. And it actually goes along perfectly with what you were saying. I read on, I skipped ahead to the next chapter, and I found out that, do you know how long they let the ark of the covenant stay there and mess with them? Seven months. Seven months, people were getting tumors and dying, and they allowed this to happen instead of right away recognizing that thing that you need to get rid of and praise the Lord. Like, don't wait seven more months. Do it now. Whatever it is that you know God is like, drop that or add that into your life. Like, do it now. Don't waste any more time. Now, do your thing. Thanks for listening. (laughs) You can do the thing. Thanks for listening. So great to see you. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. Mark your calendars for Overlook Ministries' first concert fundraiser on June 25th. The event starts at 6 p.m. with food trucks, tours of their residential treatment house, and a concert that starts at 7, led by East Coast Christian Center's worship pastor, Chris Johnson. Come be a part of saving men's lives and restoring families. Mothers want their sons back, wives are missing their husbands, and children want their daddies home. Find more information and location of the event through Facebook by searching Overlook Ministries, or you can go to www.overlookministries.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. 
Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.